Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Humans Exhaust Me, a show caused by 2020 and everything within it. And I think today symbolizes everything about 2020. It's a topic that we could not avoid. I'm Biz Paul here in the UK and I'm joined in the middle of nowhere by our election reporter roving around the states trying to find out exactly what's going on. It's Felicia Jones. Hi, Paul. I'm happy to be reporting about the election here in the middle of the desert. (laughs) Where you are safe. Well, kind of, because there's rattlesnakes here. (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, no, that's not good. That's not good. Um, Look, now, this is an election special because we're that important that we're doing an election special. And I've got to tell you, dear listener, that yesterday we were number 86 in Great Britain news commentary charts. That's exciting. I'm not exactly sure what it means, but it's exciting. Well, it's full of podcasts that talk about current affairs. And, you know, I think that's what we are. We are definitely current affairs because this is, it's going to, today is going to be very current. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing could be more currenter than uh, what we're talking about today. We thought we would do a show uh, about the, the US election, mainly to help me understand how the whole damn thing works, because I find it very confusing. Felicia is now the expert, and she will share with us, um, for those of you who are not US citizens, and maybe for some of you US citizens, how it actually works. Well, I'm getting a first grade education on the Electoral College because the Electoral College, the voting process, because we have never had an election this close ever, or at least in my lifetime or that I in modern times that I know about um, in the United States. It is absolutely crazy where you just wake up and you're not really sure who's going to be the future president. Well, if I may say so, that's quite similar to a lot of European elections. So uh, a lot of European countries have proportional representation systems. In fact, a lot of countries in the world have proportional representation systems. Mm-hmm. That's where the popular vote um, is is split. And uh, that often results in coalitions. So you can't always tell who's going to be the, the leader of the country until that coalition is agreed so we're kind of used to to that i would say in britain that's not the case in britain we tend to we tend to know fairly fairly soon so um but yes i would accept just from what i've seen over the last goodness knows how many years we've always kind of had an inkling but it does seem as though we've we're at a point where we don't actually have a clue well you're you're exactly right because i was Going back to um, elections that I enjoyed watching, like the 2008 and the 2012 election, and basically by the time you go to bed, it's pretty much a landslide, you know, and you knew who was going to win, and then you get to see the speech before you go to bed and just feel whatever way, you know, if you like the candidate or not, but at least you knew. But this is this is pretty, it's pretty amazing how... By the time you go to bed, you're not really sure what's going to happen because we had some states that stopped counting because they had so many voters and they just stopped and said they'll finish tomorrow. And now they're reporting in that it may take a couple of days for them to finish counting. Georgia, they had floods in certain voting uh, counting places. So it's just a hotbed of crazy going on here. (laughs) 
Okay, so I've got questions about this this process. Okay. And I think it's useful to have like a comparison. So I'm just using my knowledge and experience of UK elections when I'm I'm using that as my reference point, okay? Okay. So, over here, uh, and this is this is again, this is just my understanding. I'm not a politics expert, but here the polls close at 10 p.m. Okay. Um, and as long as you're in the the line, then you can continue to vote, um, which I think is the same where where you are. But we have a single time zone, so it's easier. It closes at 10. Then there is basically a race to count the votes, and they count. They they don't stop until they're counted. Now, there's obviously a lot fewer people here than there is in the US. But uh, in terms of like a state, a state is probably equivalent to a, to the UK, maybe. But um, apart from like Montana, which has zero people in, as far as I know. Uh, but There are people in Montana. There are, okay. We would right. love for them to listen. About five and lots. Oh, yeah, they might listen. God, I love Montana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not this, the listeners. Um Right, so so we just we don't stop counting until they're they're counted and declared. But it was a surprise to me to learn that some states, some places just stop counting and say, right, we'll do it tomorrow. And, and the question I have is how how are those ballots kept safe? You know what? This is the first time I've ever heard of we're going to stop counting and wait till tomorrow. I've never heard of it before. I'm pretty sure this has happened in other elections um, because I have seen it where you will still get election results two weeks later. But of course, those were landslide elections and you know, all these other states were called. So you still have to do your due diligence. So a lot of these states might actually just be operating as normal, but we are not in normal times. So remember, we are still doing an election during a pandemic where we still have to figure out safety and, um, you know, social distancing while keeping those, those counters safe. And this is just a very close election. So now it's just coming down to the wire and maybe we are seeing exactly how this actually works when when it's so close um but i have a feeling a lot of the uh, situations we're seeing this is probably normal operations to some degree but um i mean it's just it's just amazing all of the things that are going on we have a pandemic social distancing because we're here in Arizona, we get to watch the local news and we were seeing how they had to do social distancing in the counting operations place here in Arizona. So um, I guess people are just going to have to count faster, I guess. I don't know. Well, I, I was told by another American friend, because I have more than one. Really? Um, so not just you, I'm afraid. You're my favorite. I, I don't but... feel special, but I, I, I feel special <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, but I was told that a lot of it is done by computer anyway. So they feed a ballot paper into a machine and it counts it that way. Is that right? Yes, they they do that because we have like the little computer printouts, but somebody has to feed it. So you still have to have human interaction to feed the to feed the ballots through. OK, yeah. So why why is it taking so long? I mean, as well, I say that I might know the answer to this question. I saw a picture on Twitter of a ballot paper and my god like 
it was the biggest thing asking about 16 different questions yeah yeah it's it's very long and two-sided yes why because you got to get everything in and if you're going to count it with a computer it has to be on one single sheet with all the little black lines on the side and that's why you have to fill it in with a dark pen blue or black so that the machine can pick it up it's kind of like taking the sats over here why why can't you just put a, an x in a box like we do well i i'm guessing that maybe you actually have hand counters i mean people yes. count by hand well yes. when you're I mean, come on, you know how computers work. <laughs> if you're going to if you're going to use computers to count, of course, the computer needs to detect the bubble. So that's why you have to fill it in um, with a dark pen so that it'll it'll count it. And I would assume an X wouldn't be picked up by a machine. Oh, that's fine. I'm not yeah. I'm not objecting to the, to the X. <laughs> I mean, people do people do the lottery here and that's the that's the same thing. And you, you yeah you know filling these little circles so so that's fine I, I, whether it's a cross in a box or whether it's filling <laughs> a little circle next to biden's name or whatever then then that's then that's fine but why are there like 16 different questions on one piece of paper in tiny writing and and also sorry and also i did notice that there are no pictures like you need to be able to read in order to participate in democracy uh-huh well, what happens, and I will speak for the state of Colorado, what happens is before, maybe about four weeks, four to five weeks before the election, you get an election booklet. And that is the book that kind of guides you through everything that's going on. So we not only do we have a presidential election going on, we also have state elections. So we are, some states are voting for senators. Some states are voting for governors. We're voting for House of Representatives. Also, this is the time where you get ballot initiatives. So here in the state of Arizona, they're voting on whether or not to make marijuana legal. In Colorado, we are voting on on abortion term limits. We're also voting on people in the mountains, what to do with water. So this is election time. And this happens every year. So we we have election time every year. So this is pretty much normal. It's just now we throw a presidential election on top of it. So this is just the normal election cycle where like in Castle Rock, where I live, we're voting for our city council people, the mayor. Um, so that's why your ballot just gets even longer when you're voting for judges, mayors, state, state initiative, ballot initiatives. And if you just happen to be in the year where everybody wants to vote for everything, your ballot is going to be long. And Colorado's was very long this year. And how long did it take you to fill it in? Well, what we do when it comes to like the presidential elections, uh, those are fairly simple because we did our primaries over the summer. But the judge Voting for judges, the city council, and the ballot initiatives took about an hour and a half or two hours because we go to the website or we read through the book to figure out what it is that they're talking about. So we have to kind of read and figure out, uh, learn more about the person, who's who they want to get rid of, who they want to keep, and things like that. So it takes a little, a little while. Okay, so in the I didn't realize it was that much of like direct democracy and things like that so yes very direct <laughs> democracy and because uh, depending on where you are you if you are affiliated with a party say democrat or republican you can get a pre-filled example ballot 
And that way you don't have to read anything. You just vote the way the, the example tells you. Yeah. Because I'm an independent, I can, I, the whole ballot is open to me. So I have to go learn and read about everyone. As every citizen should do, really. Yeah. Uh, so in the, on the voting card thing, so you don't have to vote for everything. You could say, I just want to vote for the president and the rest could be blank. Is that allowed? I guess so. I'm not really sure. I mean, some ballots do get thrown out, but I'm not really sure whose get thrown out if you need to have a completed ballot. My assumption is you could leave some things blank. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you can spoil your paper and protest and write all over it and draw and... If you write on it, it gets uh, it gets disqualified. Yeah, sure. But some people might like... So here, there is a tradition of people doing that on purpose. So if they don't want to vote for any of the candidates, if they object to it, or if they object to the election, they would spoil their paper and those spoiled papers get reported. So they were in the when a seat is declared, they would say, you know, Bobby Jones, two million four hundred thirty five votes. Uh, you know, Janet Devine is, uh, you know, three million such and such votes. Number of sport papers, twenty five. Ah, no, we never get anything like that. No. I think they just instantly get thrown out and that's okay. it. Because I quite like seeing how many sport papers there are because, I mean, the thing is they don't say, oh, they might do now, but I, I think there's like somewhere you can say like these are illegible so they can't tell, but some are like spoiled. So it's kind of a good sign of the level of protest. So I quite, I quite like sport papers. Well, you can still write in here. In some states, you can still write in. So you just circle, you know, fill in the little dot and write in whoever you want. So in Colorado, Kanye West was actually on the ballot. So um, from what I understand, on the ballot. yes, he was actually on the ballot. So 5,500 people in the state of Colorado voted for Kanye West. And I, I have to give big cheers to my fellow Coloradans. We had about an 82% voter turnout, one of the largest in the United States. Wow, that is good. I did hear that turnout was exceptionally high. Oh, yeah. And that's why we're having some counting issues. And because it is so close. I mean, the yeah. the, the popular vote, especially for president, is literally within like tens to 20, a thousand difference. So that's why it's so close right now. I'm just looking at the BBC's website here. And there are nine states left. To okay. declare. Now, I'm not sure if that's declaring or or what, because when I was looking at the news myself, I couldn't like the, the lower third graphics on the screen were sort of saying, you know, the state and then and then who who they're calling it for. But then there was only sort of like 86 percent declared. So they obviously hadn't finished counting it. I guess there comes a point where they go, OK, this is obviously going in this direction. So we'll just say it, but not all of the states will have counted them in full yet. Well, it's safe to say that a majority of the states haven't finished counting all of their ballots. So this is where that calling thing comes into play. And that is basically a me definitely fueled by the media because they will go with historical information, you know, and that that's how you can instantly call um, call a state because we're just looking at what what's going on based on counties, how people are voting and the percentages. So you can kind of just make an assumption. All right. 
if 60% of the people are voting for, let's say, Obama and only 10% are voting for McCain, we can call it for Obama. But right now, um, some states have been easier to call and some are just, they're so neck and neck that it's, it's really hard to call them. Okay. Well, we will certainly see what happens. What, what Do you want to call it? Where do you, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I, I I have no idea. I am, my husband thought it would be this close. I'm surprised that it is as close as it is. And I really, I really don't know. Part of me thinks that Trump could, you know, squeeze in and take a few things because um, a, a lot of people are definitely feeling him this year. But um, it, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> well, I tell you who didn't look very happy. Melania. It, but does she ever look happy? Yes, she does. When? She does. I've not got a problem with Melania. But um, I just have this smile. feeling. I just have this feeling that she really does want to divorce him. But she's <laughs> well, not she gonna be able prenup. Well, she had their little prenup updated or something before she or allegedly before she moved into the White House because um it took her a while to move down to DC. She didn't want to go. But mm. I've never seen her smile before. The only time I've seen her smiling, or at least in media, was she was talking to Obama at a funeral. Oh, I've and I've seen her smiling at uh Justin Trudeau as well. That was quite a big meme. Okay, so she smiles around other men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, I've got this thing where I was thinking, I bet she just, as soon as he's at the White House, she's going to divorce him. Oh, you know, no, I wouldn't be surprised about the prospect that. of four more years um, where, you know, that, well, say that thing can't happen. I mean, uh, Nicolas Sarkozy in France, you know, mm -hmm. uh, no, it wasn't, no, hang on. No, it wasn't Sarkozy. Who was the one after him? Come on, get your French presidents. Um, <laughs> it's called uh, Google. You mean the current French president? No, not Macron. Not Macron. Um, here we go. List of presidents of France. Do, 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 do. Macron, Macron. Come on. Oh, God, I don't need to go to like the First Republic. Where are we? Hollande. Macron. Hollande. Hollande. Yes. Yes, Francois Hollande. So he got divorced in office. Yeah, that that would be too controversial here. But here's the thing. I mean, the the marriage situation, Trump is the one of the first unique people to have multiple wives um, and kids from multiple wives in the White House. And he doesn't have a dog. He's one of the first. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I know. Interesting. Says so, um. So um, what was the question I was going to ask you? I was going to ask you a question about uh, something, but it's 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 completely gone out of my head. Um, so let's let's talk about why we're in this situation that we're in, because what it seems to me as an outside observer is that uh, there was definitely a mood that I could pick up on about Biden's going to win now. I will say that in my Twitter bubble that I live in, as a someone who I consider myself quite a liberal person, mm -hmm. in America, some would say I'm a communist, but <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. But I think some of some of the ideas that I would support would 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 
probably be left of um, uh, Sanders. So, you know, let's just put that out there. You will be a Bernie person. Yeah, I would be a Bernie person, actually. Actually, I'm an AOC person, 100%. Which is a Bernie person. <laughs> Which is a Bernie person, but like someone who's a, who's not quite as close to death. So... <laughs> um sorry that was a bad thing to say wasn't it but anyway no i like her she 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 was on twitch i can do that anyway um see you've thrown me now oh yeah that was it well you wanted to know how we got to this yes so so in my in my sort of uh echo chamber of social media a lot of friends that i have or things i could see were, were talking about biden i would challenge them saying you know i'm not so sure i don't think you can you can say that Biden's going to win and everyone's talking about that. And, but then the result is so close that something's happened. And what I think has happened is that the silent voter has had their say at the, the moment when, when it counts really, which is at the ballot box. Exactly. And I said it on Twitter actually this morning that, um, People don't seem quite yet to have grasped that you've got to appeal to the average man and woman in the street. Yeah. You know, now I'm I'm not talking about left or right or or race politics or anything like, like that, because there's lots of different facets to that. But if you if you if you ignore certain sections of society um, or, or don't or don't take their opinion seriously, or you forget mm-hmm. how many of them there are. I think you can become unstuck, and we saw that in the Brexit vote. People assumed that we would remain, um, and what they failed to to recognise was that lots of uh, lower income working class families were really suffering from whatever situation there was and they needed to have a voice and there came a moment where they got their opportunity and whether or not it was a good thing for them or not they had their say and we've seen that in subsequent elections here and that's what I think has happened in the US. Well I I actually think that happened more in the first election where we didn't a lot of people didn't pay attention they call it the silent majority or the silent voter. But I, I think a lot of that happened in the first election of Trump, where a lot of people just assumed you just assumed you were going to elect Hillary Clinton. And I told my friends who are very, very liberal, very democratic. And I said, you know what, once you start driving through the United States and once you start getting to know people who live not in these big liberal cities, you'll un- you can understand why they voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. This time around, I actually think we have a lot of people who who were silent on on both sides, and I actually think they're they they are using their voice, and I think we've actually got more people involved in the election process because now it is just so crucial. Because I mean, p- Trump's popular vote went up this time even more people like the guy. <laughs> and I think we just have more people who were on the sidelines in the last election who are actually showing up in this one. Um, and Biden is actually doing very well. I mean, we do, I mean, our popular vote is so neck and neck. So I think we just got more people off of the sidelines and 
some people realize that elections are actually real because I think last time we had a lot of people who said, oh, my vote doesn't count. And I think we've appealed to a lot of people that your vote actually does count. And I think that's why we're in a situation we are in right now. Yeah, and I suppose as well that if people have felt like they can't say that they're voting for, for Trump because they'll be slapped down by, um, you know, the liberals or, or people who think that they're more intelligent than them or whatever, mm-hmm. then they're going to keep it quiet. Of course. There's no, there's no reason for them to, to tell people that they're voting for Trump. Well, I actually think there are a lot of people who didn't say that they were voting for Biden either. Now, I will use my neighborhood an example. I live in a neighborhood that is probably, uh, from what I found out, it is the fifth fifth wealthiest county in the United States. It is 98.99% white. And the median or average, the the average salary or household income is like $99,000. So it's safe to say I live in a pretty wealthy county. Now, my entire neighborhood, the block that I live on, it is Trump supporters for days. There are flags, there are NRA flags. Had me a little concerned because, you know, I wasn't feeling very welcome in the neighborhood. But when we looked at the voting, um, uh, all of the elections for Douglas County last night, it was so close. It was so close last night. Um, Trump did win our county, but the voting margin was so close. So that means to me that there were a lot of people who were voting for Biden and didn't say anything to people. Um, and I seem, it's, in my neighborhood, it seems like the Trump supporters were very vocal with their support of him. And, but I do understand the pollsters and why you wouldn't necessarily say anything depending on where you live. And this is where I'm figuring out, it depends on where you live, whether or not you will say who you're voting for. And um, I can definitely see how some people wouldn't say out loud that they wouldn't necessarily be voting for Trump when they will be. But I do think there are a lot of single issue voters and that's how Trump was able to capitalize on people who were able to look away at some things and just vote for that one issue that they are concerned about. But that's quite common. I mean, again, just thinking about what happens over here, the last election here was all about Brexit. Absolutely nothing else. Yeah for Brexit or are you actually against it? And if you're for it, you have to therefore vote for Boris Johnson's party, irrespective of whether or not that is in your best interest. Because actually, as I'm getting political here, but as we've (laughs) seen in the UK, the inroads that the Conservative Party made into the north of England, which is traditionally Labour, they did that because a lot of the traditional Labour supporters, which would be working class uh, people uh, would, uh, the impact of uh, immigration and uh, free movement of people around the EU and things like that has directly impacted their lives. Exactly. And so that's a single issue that they can vote on even, even when uh, the Conservative Party policies are more geared towards the wealthy tax cuts for the the high earners rather than you know cutting benefits and thing, things like that so it, it's really easy for people to get on a one issue um you know idea and 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 that becomes the most important thing to them and they can kind of put the blinkers on 
and and ignore the other things that are that are going on. And it was it was interesting for me to read that on the exit polls last night in the US, when they're saying what is the biggest issue, coronavirus is like third. The economy was by far the most important issue. Exactly. And when when you're talking about the economy a lot and how you're going to fix the economy, which is what Trump was seemingly talking about, even if even even if he's not actually done a great job, I don't know. But but that's that's the issue. And Biden may be talking about people. care and, and people and stuff like that. Is is not necessarily going to to resonate. And I don't know how you fix that because I think at, at the end of the day, if people people are going to concentrate on the one thing, the one thing that's important to them, and that's it. Well, we have a lot of people who were definitely single issue voters. You know, whether it was abortion, um, protection, protecting Christianity, or what they feel is being, you know, uh, you know, people wanting to take away their rights to religion, military, all of those things that were seemingly uh, talked about by Trump, especially the economy. And then we do have another side that wants to talk about the people, and that's kind of how I simplified this election. Biden is talking about the people, caring for the people, and Trump is talking about the money, which is, you know, which is very important to the United States. And I think a lot of people are not understanding why people would vote for Trump when there are people suffering, especially when people say they care about other humans. And it doesn't it doesn't appear that Trump is caring about the people. So it does seem to come down to a money issue, which is the economy, or or caring about the people, which is, you know, how it is being portrayed as uh, Biden and Harris of really talking about the people and caring about fellow Americans. So it's all a perspective, but um, but that is very interesting that the economy is the number one issue for a lot of people coming out of um, out of the polls. Where do you think you guys go from here? Because I think what this election has done, just as much as it did the last one, maybe even more so, is show how divided the country is into into these arguably two camps. And uh, it, it's so close. I mean, if, if, if there's a landslide, then clearly the vast majority of people think this one way and it has a tendency maybe to suppress the other the other thoughts a little bit whether that's right or not i don't know but um but it's it's fairly evenly matched so do you foresee strife ahead i i don't know what is ahead for us because going throughout this leading up to the election day and looking at this election cycle i've always said and even with coronavirus I've said that we are walking the the walk of shame. You know, you hang out the night before, you go to somebody's place, and now you got to carry your, you know, your mascara and your shoes and your hands to get to your car. And that's kind of where we are. We have seen the ugly side of a lot of people. And once somebody shows you how ugly they are, you can't really go back. You can't take that back and just like and pretend it didn't happen. And this election is definitely showing us how polarized we are here in the United States. It says a lot about us as people, I think. And I think we're going to have not so much huge, like, I don't think we're ever going to have a civil war, but I think we're going to have people who are questioning their friends. You're questioning your family because on one side, people are saying, if you vote for Trump, you're voting for racism. You're voting for misogyny and all of these bad things. 
And then for other people, they're saying if you're voting for Biden, you're voting for socialism and you want our country to fail. So I don't know how you unsee this. I do think our political, our politics will get a little bit more divisive over the next few years. But I think on the regular person level, I think we're we're probably going to see a divide in friendships, family, people redetermining who they want to socialize with and who they want to be around because I, I don't think you can unsee a lot of things. And if somebody did support Trump and you think that they are supporting a racist, I mean, I don't know how you can go back from that. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's deep. <laughs> it is it is deep. I was I was actually thinking, God, this is this is a proper serious episode, this one. Um <laughs> But, but and you know these are important issues, so it's it's really interesting to to hear it. I kind of feel like when it comes to the UK and the US, because we're so close in 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 virtually everything that that we do, really, if you think about it, culture, language, everything. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think we sort of kicked something off with Brexit, and that that empowered that empowered Trump. And then we've had, you know, our moments then to do with Brexit some more and Boris Johnson coming on and that's all a bit of a crisis. And like, I I think our countries need to calm down a bit. (laughs) Well, they need to calm down or for the most part, we are, we are seeing how our countries were made and you can't be these world dominating countries without having a lot of ugly shoved into the closet. And the unfortunate part is at some point, the ugly will get a voice and that voice will empower people to start doing more ugly things. And the other thing we have to remember is that all of this is layered on top or underneath, however you wanna look at it, during a pandemic, which has really divided us on how we, you know, how we see healthcare, how we take care of people. You know, there are still people who don't think the pandemic is real. And then you still have another side who think, you know, we have leaders who let hundreds of thousand people die because for no reason. So we have a lot of this going on. And, and I think we should, I mean, yes, I would like for us to calm down. But like I said, I, I think once you've revealed the ugly side, then now we have to deal with how how we're going to deal with the ugliness of people because mm-hmm. you can't unsee a lot of these. You cannot, you cannot unsee death from a pandemic. You cannot unsee racism and you cannot unsee your neighbors who walked around and put up NRA flags and, and saying nasty things to you. So you, you can't unsee that. And I think the last time in this country, the when we kind of did the, it's okay thing was the civil war. And for a lot of people that didn't work out very well. It didn't work out very well. Yeah. No, it didn't. Yeah. I think I, for me, I just don't see a huge light at the end of the tunnel at, at this point, all of those things that, that you've just described. I mean, I think the pandemic is a situation. I'm not sure the pandemic has enabled any of, any of that, but it's, a, it's kind of, allowed us to see certain certain things i mean the fact that there's people who wear a mask and people who don't wear a mask yeah um, it's just it's just one issue it happens to be related to the pandemic but they're still the same type of people Mm -hmm. um so it 
I don't know. I mean, I do, I do worry about these things. I was thinking the other night that um, about history and, and periods in time and thinking we've lived through such a stable period for a, a number of decades that uh, it, it, at some point it couldn't continue and that it was, you know, throughout history, there's these, these periods where it's an absolute shit show and that this is what we have to go through. It's kind of like the natural cycle of things. And then I was thinking just to, you know, alienate a big chunk of society, uh, baby boomers (laughs) have really had it so good. You know, they got born after the war. Okay. They had a bit of rationing here, but they got after the war, a massive stable. My dad is 70 next month. And really he's not had any significant period of uh, hardship in, in, in society. Yeah. You know, between now and then, that's a, that's a long time. It, it, it is a long time. And, you know, and that's pretty much who's running the country in the United States of people where everything has always been okay. So why are you complaining? Yeah. And it's like, why that are you complaining? True. Everything was great after the war. And it was like, well, you know, that was like 300 years ago. Yeah. Not everybody had a war. So, um, I mean, if we follow history, we have to see nations do come and go. They rise and they fall. And I know a lot of people are very concerned out there. They don't, they're very unhappy. And I will just say as, as a black woman here in the United States, I come from a history of people that have had to deal with some crap. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to still wake up and go to work. You will figure it out as you go. And, you know, you'll just go back to doing what you normally do. That's just how you roll. I must say, this sounds really weird when I say it out loud, but I must say as a bit of a, because I've always liked current affairs and things like that. When the Soviet Union collapsed, that was really quite exciting. Not because the Soviet Union was evil. We've already established I'm a communist, <laughs> but but not because that that was that was evil. But the way that it happened, mm-hmm. the the collapse of of communism across Eastern Europe to begin with, and how the contagion from that and various elements of corruption in in the USSR, mm-hmm. uh, you know when you know the, when when they had the attempted coup and then Boris Yeltsin and all that kind of stuff that was really quite exciting and exhilarating and I'm not wishing it on the United States, but it's not too far a stretch to say, well, this could happen or that could happen. I mean, I've watched the handmaid's tale. We all know how Gilead's created. It's not too far fetched that, you know, I, I, I only survived two shows of the handmaid's tale. That was a little too close to home for me. I had to shut that down, (laughs) but um, unfortunately I don't think we'll have a, exciting collapse of democracy here in the United States. I think it's going to go out over Twitter or something, but, but yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, you get to watch history unfold and I don't think this is our time to collapse in the United States. This is, this is not it. This is just, um, it's just a change of a generation of who's um, leading our country. And I think that's the real issue we're having. We're having a, a, a huge generational change in the entire leadership of, of the country. Okay. So AOC, do you think she'll stand for president one day? No. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, okay. No, I think, no. I think, you know, maybe a house leader or something like that, but I don't think she'll be president. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. You'll have to teach me about these house leaders because that really did screw my noodle a little bit. When, well, you know, I have to let you know because I know we're got to wrap up soon, but because we are still not figure, sure who the president is and maybe we'll have to do a part two of the you know, America, <laughs> the series fina uh, uh, finale. But if everything is tied and we cannot figure out uh, with the Electoral College, it does go down to the House of Representatives. And that's when every state gets a every senator gets a vote for their state. And then every House of Representative gets a, a vote for their state. So it could be even more interesting. So presumably, if the House of Representatives are the if the majority is Democrat, then that would make it swing to Joe Biden. It, it could, or yeah, it it could, it could. But oh, it's really can't they just have like a dance off or something? Well, I was reading up about the Electoral College, and it sounds like I got to go read more. But I got like the the cliff note version of it. Basically, they were doing the Constitutional Congress. And this was kind of like, hey, should we work on this? Ah, just put this together. We'll get to it later. <laughs> Type right. <thing>. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, again, just from an outsider, it does look like it needs work. My 12 year old said this morning, why don't they just use the alternative vote system? <laughs> look at your and, 12 year old being smart. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know either, but, you know, we want to stick to the Constitution. And even though yeah. this was probably one of those things that was done like 2 a.m. in the morning and they never got back to it. This is why procrastination ruins lives. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely is something that needs work, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, I mean, I guess we've called it the season finale, but it all the finale. series finale. <laughs> the series finale. What's the difference? Well, the, remember the season. Okay, with a TV show, it ends the season, and you're going to come back. Whereas the series finale, the show is over. So right oh. now, we are kind of like the series finale of The Sopranos, where if you were a Sopranos fan, they went into the restaurant, no one talked, and they just ate dinner, and everybody was like, "So that's it. That's okay. kind of where we are now." Well, well, then, it, then I think it probably is a season issue because actually, there's a cliffhanger here, and a lot of seasons end with a cliffhanger. We don't know what the outcome is. We're going to have to wait until next time, or we just end it this way and let you guess for the rest of your lives. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Well, look, much love to you, Felicia, over there. Uh, you know, stay safe in whatever happens. Stay in your little camper van in the. <laughs> middle of nowhere and, yes i think uh, i'll be safe here with all the aliens and rattlesnakes that'll be awesome <laughs> as i said to you you're not that far away from mexico there's a border there not all of the wall has been built you could just do an exchange or something you, you do know mexico is now saying they're going to build a wall <laughs> oh, <they> really <laughs> i know <laughs> good for them lovely well, it's great to talk to you thank you for your insight felicia i feel like i've been educated all right thanks i've been educated too <laughs> <laughs> talk to you soon see you next time part of the like mind media network 